Hello, my name is Alessandra Mendoza. Today is the final podcast on this series, on historical figures in history. On the previous five podcasts, three were individuals that served during World War II, and two from the Vietnam War. Before reviewing these brave soldiers, I would like to discuss on how World War II changed the lives of these three men. Let's begin with Douglas Bader and the involvement of Great Britain in World War II. The British got involved in the war when Nazi Germany invaded Poland on September 6, 1939. The UK and its ally, France, declared war on Nazi Germany that fateful day. The, German, uh, the Germans formed alliances with the dictator of Italy, Benito Mussolini, who was the prime minister of the National Fascist Party and the um, emperor of Japan, Hideki Tojo formed a pact referred to as the Axis Powers. The purpose of this alliance was to establish a new order of power and expansion around the world. At the beginning of the war, the Axis had staggering victories over territories in Europe, North Africa, and East Asia. The British Royal Air Force played a key role in defeating the Nazis in Europe. One historical famous fighter pilot, Douglas Bader, the flying ace with no legs, served in the British Royal Air Force during World War II. On December 14, 1931, while visiting Reading Aero Club on a dare, Bader attempted some low-flying aerobatics in a bulldog stunt. His aircraft crashed when the tip of the left wing touched the ground. Bader was rushed to the Royal Berkshire Hospital, where he was treated by a well-known surgeon, J. Leonard Joyce. Both his legs were amputated, one above and one below the knee. Bader was close to death in the first few days. He was transferred to the hospital at RAF Uxbridge and worked hard to regain his abilities as he was fitted with artificial tin legs. Throughout this painful and difficult time, his, his, um, his determination paid off. He learned to walk without using a stick, and by 1932, Bader was able to drive a specially modified car, played golf, and even dance. Due to these injuries, he was decommissioned and unable to serve as a pilot. At the beginning of World War II, Bader tried several times to rejoin the RAF. In November 1939, he regained his status for operational flying and went on to participate in many major aerial battles. On August 9, 1941, on a flying mission, his plane was shot down and he was captured by Nazi troops and remained in various prison camps until the end of the war, when he was liberated by the 1st United States Army in 1945. Bader was credited with 22 aerial victories, 4 shared victories, 6 probables, 1 shared probable, and 11 damaged enemy aircrafts. Douglas Bader received the Distinguished Service Order 
for his service during the Battle of Britain, in addition to other awards during and after his military service. The United States entered World War II due to the attack on Pearl Harbor. On December 7, 1941, the Imperial Japanese military surprised the United States by attacking the U.S. naval base at Pearl Harbor on the Hawaiian island of Oahu. The attack on Sunday morning started shortly before 8 a.m., lasting two hours. Doris Miller was a, was a United States Navy cook, third class, who served aboard the battleship West Virginia, which was sunk by the Japanese torpedo bombers during the surprise attack on Pearl Harbor. He was collecting laundry before the first bomb bombs blasted his ship at anchor in Pearl Harbor. Johnson, the ship's communication officer, spotted Miller and saw Doris's strong physical build. So he ordered Miller to accompany him to the conning tower on the flag bridge to assist in moving the ship's captain, Mervyn Benyon, who had a gaping wound in his abdomen where he had apparently been hit by shrapnel. After assisting the captain, Doris uh, raced to the ship deck to see an unattended deck gun, a 50 caliber Browning anti-aircraft machine gun. Doris began to fire at the attacking planes until the orders came to abandon ship. It was Miller's first experience finding such a powerful weapon because he was an African-American sailor serving in the segregated stewards branch of the Navy were not given the combat training received by white sailors. Doris was the first African-American sailor to man a machine gun and successfully shoot, shot down multiple Japanese aircraft, despite not having been trained to use the weapon. He was awarded the Navy Cross, the second highest decoration for valor in combat after the Medal of Honor. Medics have played a key role during various wars. One well-known medic is Desmond Doss, a medic who fought a war without a weapon, serving in the Army during World War II. Desmond was raised in a strict Seventh-day Adventist household, a Christian denomination that believed that Saturday was the Sabbath and that the second coming of Jesus Christ was imminent. Das's family believed strongly in nonviolence and a healthy vegetarian diet. He lived by these core values. On April 1st, 1942, da Desmond um, joined the United States Army. He wanted to be a combat medic, assuming that his classification, classification as a conscientious objector would not require him to use a weapon. This created tension between him and his unit. Desmond Doss never held a grudge. Um, he helped his fellow soldiers with kindness, even, even if he was mistreated by them. Desmond Doss served in combat with the 307th Infantry Division, 77th Division, serving on the islands of Guam, Leyte, and Okinawa. The last island that Doss and his unit, the 77th Infantry Division, served in was on the island of Okinawa. The U.S. objective was to secure the island as a base because it was strategically located 350 miles south of the Japanese mainland. It was called the Mahdi Escarpment, a 400-foot high cliff, or what the Americans referred to as Hacksaw Ridge. On May 5, 1945, the Japanese launched a counterattack, forcing American soldiers to retreat down the cliff as per officers' orders. Less than one-third of the men made it back down the cliff. The, the rest laid wounded, abandoned, and left for dead, if they weren't already dead. One soldier disobeyed a direct order. 
and that was Desmond Doss. He charged back with courage and determination to save as many lives as possible. He spent several hours carrying his fellow soldiers one by one to the edge of the cliff. The severely wounded, he tied a rope to a tree stump to lower them down. The men down the cliff with a rope supported structure. As Das lowered each man down the cliff, he said a prayer, God help me get one more, and after that, one more, until they were all down. Das saved at least 75 men that day. On October 12, 1945, Private First Class Desmond Das received the Congressional Medal of Honor from President Truman. This is the nation's highest award for bravery and courage under fire. He received other recognitions, such as the Bronze Star for Valor and the Purple Heart. On August 5, 1964, two United States destroyers were attacked by North Vietnamese torpedo boats in the Gulf of Tompkin, which increased the U.S. military involvement in the Vietnamese region and led to the Gulf of Tompkin Resolution, giving President Lyndon Johnson the authority to wage war. One man referred to as Rambo that served during the Vietnam War was Raul Roy Perez Benavides. At 17 years old, in 1952, Benavides enlisted in the Texas Army National Guard. In June 1955, he was transitioned to active duty Army, stationed at Fort Ord, California. By 1958, Benavides had served in North South Korea and Germany. In 1959, Benavides attended military police school at Fort Gordon, Georgia, and completed airborne training and was assigned to the 82nd Airborne Division at Fort Bragg, North Carolina. He began training for, an, for the elite special forces, which is difficult to qualify for. Benavides qualified and was accepted and became a member of the 5th Special Forces Group, the Green Berets. In, this, in the Special Forces Unit, soldiers are trained to operate deep into enemy lines, with little or no support. They are trained in five special specialties. Benavides was trained in three. Operations and intelligence, where he learned oceanography, meteorology, and photography. He was also trained as an interrogator and a linguist, specializing in speaking several languages and trained in light and heavy weapons and cross-trained as a medic. In 1965, Benavides was assigned to South Vietnam as an advisor to an Army of the Republic of Vietnam Infantry Regiment. While on a patrol, he was badly wounded after stepping on a landmine. The doctor declared that he would never walk again. Despite of the doctor's diagnosis, Benavides did everything physically possible to regain his strength to walk again. Benavides volunteered in January 1968 for a second tour to South Vietnam serving in the Special Forces as a Green Beret. On the morning of May 2, 1968, Sergeant Benavides was in the Ford Operating Base in Loch Ninh. Benavides volunteered to assist in the rescue of a 12-man Special Forces team, recovering intelligence in the Fishhook area of Cambodia. The Special Forces unit did not know that they had entered into a section of the jungle that had hidden a major North Vietnamese army base. He boarded a returning aircraft armed with a knife and a medical bag. As the helicopter neared the designated site, he jumped from the hovering helicopter, running approximately a distance of 80 yards under heavy fire to reach the team. 
Benavides suffered a broken jaw and 37 bullet and shrapnel wounds in the fight. And during this rest, daring rescue, Benavides saved eight of his fellow soldiers. On February 24, 1981, President Ronald Reagan presented Roy Benavides with the Medal of Honor. During the Vietnam War, a sniper provided reconnaissance, elimination of high-value targets, and assisted combat forces with accurate fire support. One well-known Marine sniper was Gunnery Sergeant Carlos Norman Hathcock II. At 10 years of age, he enjoyed shooting and hunting with his 22 caliber J.C. Higgins single-shot rifle, which prepared him to hunt food for the family. While at boot camp in San Diego, he qualified at the expert level in marksmanship. In 1962, based at Cherry Point, North Carolina, he set the record on the air range by shooting a score of 248 out of a possible score of 250, a score that remained until the course was retired. In 1965, he reached the required number of points to qualify as a Marine Corps Distinguished Sniper and won the highly regarded 1,000-yard National High-Powered Championship, known as Wimbledon Cup. He was deployed to South Vietnam, serving as a military police, and later recruited and volunteered to be a sniper. Hathcock was transferred to the 1st Marine Division Sniper Platoon stationed at Hill 55, south of Da Nang. Hathcock was referred to as the White Feather by the Vietnamese soldiers because he wore a white feather on the band of his brush hat. This was Hathcock's way of taunting the North Vietnamese. Hathcock served two tours of duty in Vietnam. During these two tours, he had 93 confirmed kills of the People's Army of Vietnam and Viet Cong personnel. Although it is estimated that he killed between 300 to 400 combat personnel, kills had to be confirmed by an officer next to the sniper's spotter. Snipers did not always have an officer at the location of the kill, especially if the target was behind enemy lines. Due to the high number of kills by Hathcock, the highest bounty of $30,000 was put on his head. He is recognized for one famous shot through the lens of, the, of a scope of a Vietnamese sniper referred to as the Cobra. His shot went through the Cobra's scope straight through without even touching the sides. On his second tour of duty in Vietnam, on September 16, 1969, the military vehicle he was riding on rolled across a 500-pound mine. The explosion blew him to the ground and sent flames 40 feet high. With his uniform on fire, receiving burns, he climbed back on the burning vehicle and pulled away six Marines before he collapsed. He received the Silver Star and Purple Heart in 1996 for his brave action. These soldiers represent all those who have served in the armed services. They all volunteered to serve their country with honor, bravery, and selfless acts for their fellow brothers and sisters who wear the uniform with pride. Thank you for listening to the last podcast from All Soldiers All Stars.